Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Dallas Montague, and here in the studio today, we have another amazing guest, Susan Risha. And Susan, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. And where are you calling from today, Susan? I am calling from Monroe Township, New Jersey. New Jersey. I don't know a lot of things about New Jersey. Can you give me a fun <laughs> fact about New Jersey? Fun fact about New Jersey. Hmm. Um, I don't know. There's probably a lot of things I could say about New Jersey right now. But um, the thing I appreciate most is that, you know, um, we can go to the city if we want to that is about an hour away. The shore is also about an hour away. We're kind of right uh, packed in right in like the central part of New Jersey. So everything is kind of easy access, you know, Pennsylvania, if we want to go there. Um, there's some fun things that we like to do there sometimes, some good hiking trips that we've done um, near Delaware Water Gap. And uh, we're just kind of in a really nice little location where, you know, a lot of fun things are about an hour away. So we like to go to the shore too. We usually go there two or three times a year, you know, get our feet in the sand. So that's what I like about living in New Jersey right now. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because I really did not know much about New Jersey. And now I would like to introduce your book to our listeners. It's titled 12 Tips for Parents with Struggling Readers. And I have so much I want to ask you about. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Hey, listeners, is Jenny here from the YouTube channel Bible Study with me? Did you know that the Bible predicted the exact year of Jesus' ministry and also of his death? What does this have to do with the gospel, you say? Well, when Jesus was baptized, he said the time is fulfilled. If you want to know more about it, check out my YouTube channel, Bible Study with me. And the exact video is called, This Prophecy Predicted the Very Year of Jesus' Death. Obsessed with God, a book about intimacy with God. Do you desire to have a closer relationship with God? Do you need help with your prayer life? Obsessed with God is an unusual book about the prayer life of Tanya Nimley. Tanya will reveal her most personal prayer secrets and will tell you how she got to the point to become obsessed with God. This book will be represented by Authors Press at the next Los Angeles Times Festival of Books. Obsessed with God is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Book Baby. Again, I just want to thank you for being a part of the show today. And if you guys, the listeners, have not subscribed to our podcast, I suggest you to do it. We have so many amazing guests. Susan is one of them. And we have almost 90 episodes now, so check it out. 
listen to our previous episodes. And Susan, if you can just tell me and tell our listeners today, how did you meet Jesus? Sure. So I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey. And on the outside, everything kind of looked ideal. It was the life most people would wish for. But yet on the inside, there was this invisible battle going on. Um, I felt like I was losing ground as feelings of anxiety and depression began to creep in. And in hindsight, I think some of that was related to school. Um, Academically, I was fairly smart. I was reading a couple hundred words before I even went to kindergarten. And writing turned out to be a relative strength as my school years went on. Um, However, I did struggle with certain aspects of reading, which probably contributed to those feelings of anxiety and depression that I was experiencing. So as I started to get older, I would just come home from school and I would just like emotionally crash. I didn't understand what was happening. Um, I didn't really have vocabulary for what I was experiencing. No one had ever talked about feeling like I was feeling. Um, So I just kind of kept it to myself and I tried to do normal things in spite of how I felt. But at times I would just get overwhelmed and these negative thoughts would kind of come in and just overwhelm me. And I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't have any like way to fight it or any mechanisms to work against it. So some people kind of come to the end of themselves, you know, have a midlife crisis around like 40, you know, looking for some meaning or significance. Um, For me, that was more Mm -hmm. like at 14. Um, There was one summer where things really came to a head for me. I was 14. I was not old enough to work. I was too young to drive. Um, Both my parents were working full time. My brother Mm -hmm. had just moved out. And basically, I was stuck at home all summer um, facing my thought life, wondering if I was going to be able to outrun these feelings and thoughts that were just really dragging me down and bringing me to a low. So at that time, I did connect to a Christian friend. I tried to explain to her some of what I was going through and she shared Christ with me for probably like the third time. But this time I was like, yes, yes to everything. Just yes to Jesus saving me, repenting, indwelling me. I just wanted him to take over because I recognized that if nothing intercepted this emotional trajectory, that my life was just not going to go well. So honestly, um, I guess I struggle a little to tell my testimony, especially when I hear other people's, because most of what I experienced was not really tangible. Like I hear testimonies that people share and they usually have some big external event like gangs, jail, falling away and then coming to Christ. But God drew me in a different way. Um, He saved me from a lot of what could have been because a lot of people in my family who experienced depression did not overcome it in a positive way. But God was so merciful to me when I cried out to him. He gave me this just foreboding feeling about my future, that if I continue this way, um, things wouldn't go well. But simultaneously, he also gave me this sense of faith that he was going to get me through this and to the other side. And so that's how I came to know Christ. That's that's my story, simple as it is. So, Well, my response to that is, praise God, a soul is a soul. If you gave your life to the Lord, no matter your testimony, it's a soul for the Lord. The angels are celebrating. They're happy. And and it, I'm sure it changed your children's life, your future life, and all the could have been, right? Absolutely. And so I'm glad that you were able to change your life at a young age like that. And like you say, it did direct the way that you lived the rest of your life. That's a great thing. It did. It, it totally did. And moving forward where we are today. 
um, after becoming a Christian. God brought a lot of mentors and counselors into my life gradually. You know, it's never an instant fix. I learned about bringing every thought into captivity. This is called spiritual warfare, according to 2 Corinthians 10.5. And um, I really began to live that and walk in that. And it changed me. Um, One of the most significant things that kind of stands out in my Christian walk is um, about a month into college, um, God did something really unique and personal. Um, One day when I was just in the thick of a reading struggle in the college library, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, um, I just read this whole column of a very complicated text with clarity, speed, perfect comprehension. It was like just this weird, like, surreal experience where all my senses were just like heightened and I wasn't like fully controlling what happened, but it was just, I, I was like, what is this? And I, you know, I just was like really taken back. Like what, what just happened? And, um, and at that moment, mm-hmm. I, I really heard the Lord speak, not audibly, but like about as clear as you can possibly hear in your heart. Um, I heard him say, if you will just give me every area of your life, I'll take care of this. And, I was like changed from that moment. I, every time I opened a book from there, I prayed and God met me. And it was just this beautiful process that God took me through. Um, I started out with a GPA a 2.67 in college and I graduated eventually from graduate school with a, a 4.0. Wow. And um, I give God all the credit for that because he, he made it work. He, he made it work when it shouldn't have worked. And um, I'm, I always, I, I reflect back on that time a lot. And I, I still live that way a lot because it's, it's God working in me and working through my weakness. And it doesn't have to crush you just because you have a weak area or an area that was weak that God can be strong in. Um, so I, I give God the credit and the praise for that. It changed me forever that moment. So that's a wonderful thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story. Now we can get to know you a little bit more when listening about your book and where the inspiration came from. And back to your education, you have been a teacher for over 16 Mm -hmm. years. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yes. For 16 years. Okay. Well, with this book, what, what first inspired you to teach in the first place? And then we'll go into the book and what inspired the writing of this book as well. Sure. Sure. Um, So I felt like there was inspiration kind of to teach um, at different stages of my life. Uh, Growing up, I used to create workbooks and play school, and I really liked to engage in the whole learning process, even though it was hard at times. And um, my mom was also a teacher before I was born. Um, In fact, she kind of snuck me into her student teaching. Uh, In the 70s, it was kind of taboo to work as a married woman, especially when you were pregnant. Um, But she ate a lot of saltines and persevered and finished her degree. But ultimately, um, it was my mom who kind of guided me towards teaching and believed in me as a teacher. And my dad was also very supportive, too. Um, but they both saw my potential, and they helped me get over some of my learning differences. And, and um, that's where I found my inspiration first to teach. And then that kind of developed, you know, into I want to share what I know with other people. And eventually, you know, throughout teaching and having my own kids and homeschooling them, you know, I just wanted to put together a resource that would, that would really help people kind of work through, you know, any kind of reading issues that they see or understand if it's serious or how to navigate through it to know, you know, if it's mild or if they need to get more professional help. Um, So that's, that's kind of where the inspiration to teach happened. And 
where it kind of led me to write mm-hmm. this book, 12 Tips for Parents with Struggling Readers. And this book, how can it be different than other books out there that help parents, that help children in their education process? Well, so I'm, I'm a state certified teacher, elementary, special ed and reading. But the unique part is that I had to work through my own reading issues. Um, I was held back in first grade. And from there, it was just a very long uphill battle behind closed doors. Um, but I did make steady progress. And I felt I reached the other side when I, you know, did get my 4.0 and had the same job for around five years, around that same time that I got my master's also. And, um, you know, I'm not just approaching these topics from an academic standpoint. I'm giving you practical tips that personally helped me. And I'm blending that with traditional teacher training methods. Wow. And unlike other books, it's not going to waste your time. It's fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's condensed into a two hour read. I've been told several times it's hard to put down and it's meant to engage and equip readers with lots of fresh ideas and perspective on the different types of reading issues and all from a Christian perspective. So that's, that's what makes it stand out. It's, it's not, I've done like a literature review because I thought I don't want to write a book. Everyone else has written you know, in, in similar ways. You know, that's one of the things that they would talk about in grad school. If you want to write something, don't just like, don't just go write it. Make sure no one else mm-hmm. has written it already. You know, you don't want to tell the same story kind of in a recycled way. So that's what I did. I was like, you know, there's nothing out there with like a lot of heart. It's just a lot of facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong. And this is how you fix it instead of like, let's work from like a strength perspective of Maybe, you know, your child has certain strengths or certain things that motivate them. And you can kind of, you know, funnel that in a little bit so that the process goes a little bit easier. That's kind of where my book is coming from. And when you're mentioning the Christian perspective, what do you mean by that? Are you saying that you it's just from the eyes of a Christian or are you saying that it's with biblical principles and Bible verses? What do you mean by that? Um, There's actually not really a lot of Bible verses in my book. It's just, you know, we, we all have strengths and we're all wired differently, you know, and you know, and it's not a one size fits all. So, you know, there's a plethora of just ideas and methods and things that you can try so that you can just figure out what might work for your child. Because, you know, as a parent, you want to find a way to really engage your child in a positive way. And, you know, you don't just want to like pass it off to, you know, a tutor or, um, you know, a school psychologist, although they they can be helpful. But, you know, as, as the primary person in their life, you want to maybe engage them and see if you could be a part of that process to help them um, first, you know, and then if that's not working, then you can maybe go to the next, next level because, you know, it's, you know, our kids are primarily our responsibility. And, you know, even if you can put 10, 15 minutes a day into it, you know, that's, that's better than nothing. And at least you can say, you know, that you, you, you took on that responsibility. So. And I don't want you to give too much away about your book, but what can be, for our listeners today, one piece of practical advice that we can use to help our child who's struggling? Sure, sure. So when you can motivate a child in a one-on-one setting, you'll see progress a lot faster. Um, One-on-one settings can feel a lot safer if a child is masking their reading struggle, but finding what motivates a child and the right one-on-one setting is essential and earlier is always better. Um, I detail a lot of those ideas in my book, Uh, for how you can help create that combination of one-on-one attention with motivation. Um, Lastly, and simply put, just be patient. You know, there's a lot of intricacies and processes that happen when we read, and praying through that process can be powerful. Um, It was for me, and God ultimately knows 
how we're wired and how to bring all of that together. So motivation and one-on-one is definitely key. Definitely key. Okay. And the biggest mistake you think that parents make when trying to help their child with their education, what would that be just for us to be aware of? I know you said your book's not about just the facts and do this and not do that, but what's the biggest mistake you've seen? Um, If you're not seeing progress in your child's reading, um, get help as early as possible. Don't assume everything is okay. Uh, My book talks about around third grade, how you go from learning to read to reading to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you miss that curve, then you're going to miss a lot of information that you're supposed to be like really absorbing around the third, fourth grade, because now you have science, you have social studies, you have tests, you have to, you have to read and comprehend that information so that you can get better grades on your test. So don't miss that curve. And uh, don't just assume that your kid will catch up either or that they're a late bloomer, because if dyslexia is a factor or there is some kind of true learning disability there, you want to get specialized help early on. Um, if it is a more minor problem that doesn't require specialized help, there are therapeutic ways you can work with your child to stay ahead, uh, some of which I talk about in my book. Um, I'll give you just a few examples um, that we do here in our home. Uh, mm-hmm. My children are great readers, by the way, but um, I've just incorporated these things just because they are therapeutic and I can make them do more work this way if it's more fun. Um, so we've done spelling tests. Um, Actually, this one I've done someplace else, but spelling tests we've done um, with chalk on the driveway. Um, I've done that in a reading center before just because it's more fun and the kids will usually, you know, engage a little bit longer. Um, At home, I've done reward coins with my daughter. And then when she gets so many reward coins, she, you know, can have whatever reward she chose from uh, focusing for so long and not, you know, doing things other than her schoolwork. And also I played soothing classical music, uh, particularly frozen songs in the background, just because it makes it more therapeutic for them. And um, it just engages them a lot longer. Um, so, so yeah, those are, those are some things that we've done. I think that's good. Those are some practical ways that, yeah, that we can yeah. help our children. And I have a personal question for you because as a Christian, as a young man, I'm planning on having children one day. And I've always heard this thought, homeschooling versus traditional schooling. And so I'm just curious, your thoughts with your education background and writing this book, what do you think are some of the advantages and disadvantages of homeschool versus traditional schooling? Sure, sure. Um, I always say homeschooling is good time management. Um, Reading for 15 to 20 minutes a day with one person is far more effective than a 45-minute reading group. But the advantage of homeschooling is that you can tailor things to emphasize your child's strengths while you work on other weaknesses. Uh, you can be in third grade doing sixth grade math if math is your strength. Um, you can complete a year of college wow. while you're still in high school. Um, I personally really like that flexibility and that choice and that freedom. Um, as a disadvantage though, maybe the social aspect can be tough, um, especially if you have an extreme extrovert, uh, that can be tough even if you engage in a lot of activities because you know, they're not around kids constantly throughout the day. Uh, However, with a public school, you have the advantage of natural competition. Uh, The kids want to keep up. They want to get the highest grades. They want recognition, and they want to keep up to get that recognition. Mm -hmm. Uh, We appreciated that part of traditional slash public school when my kids were enrolled. And the kids are also exposed to a lot of stimulating things when they go to a more traditional setting. And 
I didn't have to plan those things, which is great for, for me because that leaves me with more time. Um, and it also enriches them. But that also comes with some other influences that are not always Christ-centered. And I consider that to be a little bit of a disadvantage, too, because I don't get to control, you know, all the things that are going into their mind or, you know, the people that they're hanging around or the messages that they're getting mm-hmm. in that environment. Um, I can train them really well, you know, to know the difference between right and wrong. But, you know, the peer group can be really powerful. And that's something we've had to mm-hmm. personally weigh out you know, with homeschooling versus public school. So, mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Gives a little more clarity for me mm-hmm. as I, as I dream about my future. So thank you. And I'm, I know our listeners are blessed as well. I was just going to say one more thing. I'm, you know, um, you know, my husband and I are both heard the gospel through relationships we formed in the public school. So I'm not knocking them. You know, I just think at the end of the day, it comes mm-hmm. down to asking God, what do you want me to take on? Because there's really no perfect situation. You know, if you homeschool, you have, you know, advantages and disadvantages. If you, you know, go to a public or traditional school setting, you know, you're going to have stuff to deal with there on both sides too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just figuring out what God wants you to to take on. I, you know, I'm not like saying everybody should do it Mm -hmm. a certain way. You know, you just have to know what's right for This is the criteria. This is it. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I would just want to ask, Susan, if there's anything else you would like to mention with for our listeners today, maybe about your book or maybe your life or just maybe something we can learn, anything else? Uh, the overall message would be just keep engaging your child in a positive way. Um, it, it's, it is possible to see progress. Um, don't take the first report that the school district might give you. Um, you know, you can use it as a starting point, but, you know, just seek out every possibility uh, for what might be causing your child's reading struggle. I mean, there's some strange things out there. It could be like a vitamin deficiency, you know, that's causing a real strain in their Mm -hmm. reading. It could be um, some emotional stresses maybe that people are going through. There's a lot of different things. So, you know, just try to overturn every stone possible, you know, get, you know, um, some professional help if you need that. Um, There's some great reading therapists out there. I've I've met some of them. And, um, you know, I would say just, just keep getting educational evaluations and um, second opinions and really just try to uncover and unlock what's going on. It's There's usually answers if you dig far enough. So just don't give up in that process. Well, thank you, Susan. And I do want to give your book one more shout out for our listeners. Your book is available by searching on Amazon, 12 Tips for Parents mm-hmm. with Struggling Readers. So again, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. And if I can have you pray out to end the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Sure, sure. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this time to just talk about this very important topic of, you know, reading struggles and um, how they can be addressed in a successful way to your glory. And I just pray for all the people out there that may be listening that are encountering something similar, that you would just um, meet them where they're at and speak to their hearts and just show them the, the way through. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.